Hallelujah. Uh -uh, hallelujah. You know how we do it here. Hallelujah. Are you alive this morning? <laughs> so when I say hallelujah, you say amen. When I say amen, you say hallelujah. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the amen shouldn't be for me. It's for Jesus this morning. So we're going to say a believing at life, amen. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. I want to appreciate God's servant, Pastor Brandon, our resident pastor, for the opportunity he has given me to bring you the word this morning. Um, and Pastor Angela, thank you so much. The leadership of our church, thank you for trusting me to bring the word this morning. And also to you for giving me your audience this morning. The Lord bless my prayer that you will not be disappointed this morning in the name of Jesus. I'm going to be talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we started up with our founder and resident, uh, senior pastor, Pastor Caroline, when she just introduced the, the topic of the Holy Spirit to us two Sundays ago. Then last Sunday, Pastor Brandon came and talked about the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this morning, I want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just say this. The topic of the Holy Spirit has been misunderstood, has been misinterpreted in our churches today. So most of, most of the time, people tend to shy away from that topic because uh, it's, it's kind of confusing, you know, especially the way people handle the topic of the Holy Spirit. Because the church is talking about somebody. Listen to what I'm saying. It's talking about, about somebody that they think they know, rather than talking about somebody they know. It's wanting to know about somebody instead of another thing to know somebody. You can know about me by reading my books or my biography. But you can get to know me when you have a relationship with me. Is that, does that make sense? So today the church is talking about the Holy Spirit, but yet we don't know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one, is one of the God's head. So until we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know, Pastor Brandon gave a very wonderful uh, illustration last week. He said he has been married to Pastor, Carol, uh, Pastor Angela for the last 17 years, of eight, almost 18 years now. So he can say so much about her because of the relationship they have for the last 17 or almost 18 years. Right? But I can say less about her because I only know about her, but what about what I heard about her? Because I don't have that relationship with her. I can tell you more about my wife because I have an intimate relationship with her for the last eight years. Huh? But you can say something about her because you just know about her or what you, you have heard about her. So it is the same thing with the Holy Ghost. To the many people are so far away from him because we don't know him. We only know about him. So most times, we misinterpret him and the ability, the power he carries. 
But I pray the Lord will help us this morning in the name of Jesus. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. It's a lot to cover up. I pray that the Lord will help us. Amen. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Don't be ignorant about this gift. And especially in, uh, sorry to say, I always like to make reference to Africa, where I come from. Especially where we come from in Africa, it has been misinterpreted. It has been confusing people. People have abused this gift of the Holy Spirit in our setting. I don't know much about Europe, so I can't say about Europe. Are you with me? Are you with me? Verse 2. You know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto those dumb adults, even as ye were led. Let's go. Wherefore I gave you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed. And that no man can say Jesus is law, but by the Holy Spirit. So you see, for somebody to boldly declare Jesus Christ is my law, he must carry the Spirit of God in him. For the Spirit confirmed with our spirit that we are children of God. So until the Spirit can confirm with your spirit that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, you can't be bold to say Jesus is law. That's what he means. Let's go. Verse 3. Now, there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. Now, from this point, I want us to start noticing something. That, that something I want to bring out there. Diversities of gifts. Let's go. Let's go, please. Fast, fast. <laughs> and there are differences of administration. Now, look at He said there are diverse gift, but different administration. Yeah, what he's trying to say is, when God gives me a gift, like, like the Derek there plays the keyboard, right? It's a talent. Now, there's a way Derek will play this, his talent on this keyboard. If another person who has a different kinds of talent come to play this keyboard, you will get confused. You'll wonder, ah, this guy play better than this guy. That doesn't mean that He's better, but the Spirit of God gave them different kinds of talents to play, different administration to administer on the keyboard. I don't know if they are making sense. Are you with me? So there's a way I operate in my gift or I minister my gift, and there's a way another person will minister. You see, the Spirit of God is not a spirit of confusion. There's a way Pastor Brandon will stand here and teach. And it can't be compared to the way I would teach. Why? Because God will not allow me to do more than the head in this church. It's not possible. So he allowed me to administer on a higher dimension and I will administer on another uh, dimension. You see, the Bible talks about the measure. So there's a measure of gift. There's a measure of grace. Are we together? Let's go ahead. And there are diversity, oh sorry, there are diversities of oppression. So we have the administration, then we have the oppression. 
There's a way you can administer, and there's a way you operate. The Holy Spirit operates with all in different dimensions. The way he operates with you is different from the way he will operate with me. But don't forget, the Bible says it is the same spirit in operation. Go ahead. But the, the, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit for all. Let me see this. The gift that God has given you, it is not for you. It's for the church to profit from you. Freely you have given, freely, I mean, freely you have received, freely you shall give. So whatever God has given us as a gift, it's not for us. It's for the church to profit from it. Praise the Lord. For to one is giving the spirit of wisdom. The word of wisdom, sorry. The spirit of the word of wisdom. And to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. I talked about it just now. The same spirit is still in operation now. Go ahead. To another fit by the same spirit. The same spirit is still in operation. Talking about the Holy Ghost now. Remember. And to another, the gifts. Now notice. When it comes to the gift of healing, he added gifts. So there are different kinds of healing that takes place. I will explain that shortly. The gifts of healing by the same spirit. Go ahead. And to another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, designing. And to another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Stop there. For time's sake. Are we together? If I'm too fast, please forgive me. My tongue is slippery. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. And these nine gifts are divided in three categories. Three categories. You know, Paul, Paul, to not confuse the church, he wrote only nine gifts. But as you grow spiritually, you will realize there are more than nine gifts. And I can, I can, I can just show you. Let me just show you an example. Let's talk about a little bit of, of God's generous. I don't know. Have you read any book called God's generous before? People that have been ahead of it, there's a book called God's generous. You need to find that book. Now, there's a man of God called Smith. And with with the words, <laughs> wiggle what? Wiggle wealth. Uh huh. Thank you. God bless you. Now, this is a man. When they bring a dead body to him, see how he raised the dead. Another man will come and pray over the dead to raise it. But this man takes the dead body and puts it on the wall, Boop! and he comes right alive. How do you call that gift? Paul did not mention that gift. There's another man they call St. Patrick who will go to a six-month-old dead body that has been buried for the last six months and lay over the grave and tell them, dig him off. And he comes out alive. How do you call that gift? So, but Paul doesn't want to confuse all with so many things. So he's, he, 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 he adjusts the gift to nine gifts. And that's the nine gifts we will be talking about this morning. Amen. Now, I said the gifts were divided into three categories. Number one, the speaking gift. 
The speaking gift is what we call the utterance and vocal gift. The speaking gift is the utterance and vocal gift. That's why we have the uh, davakans of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. The davakans of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. prophecy. We'll be talking about the death about them shortly. Then number two, we have the power gift. The power gift is what? The working of miracles, the gifts of healing, and faith. That's the power of gift. The working of miracles, the gifts of healing, and faith. Then we have the mind gift. The mind gift is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirit. Nine gifts. Now, note, the revelatory gifts that makes you, we're talking about, we talk about the word gift now, which is the revelatory gift. It makes you to act like Christ. You act like Christ. Amen? I thought these people would have put in this thing on the board. <laughs> Then we have the utterance gift. It makes you speak like Christ. Then we have the power gift. Sorry, that makes you act like, act like Christ. Let's just go into it because of time. Let's talk about the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Are you learning something? The word of wisdom... The ability to, prov to provide solution to situation, the ability to pro provide solution to situation and problems, challenges that are beyond your current level of education, exposure, physical maturity, and experience. It's what we call the word of wisdom. Let me give an example. The word of wisdom, when the Holy Ghost is in, in action, I can come to my sister here and give her a word that is beyond my understanding. It's beyond a natural man comprehension. Are you hearing me? She's believing God for something. Let's take to example. Maybe she's been praying for an apartment. And I come and say, I hear the spirit of the Lord sing to me that at this social place in Naka, there's this social apartment that God is going to give you. It's the word of wisdom. It's not prophecy. I'm giving her, I'm giving her a word concerning what she has been praying for, that telling her that God has already answered her prayer, and this is where the place is going to be. And probably she already knows that this is her desire, that her, the house or the apartment she's looking for, it should be in that community. And now somebody has come to, to confirm what she's been praying for. So it will not be a lie to her, but what will shock her is, how did I get to know that this thing that she's been praying for, and we have not discussed it? The gift of the Holy Ghost. Are we together? You understand it? 
Aleluia. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 1 to 11. For time's sake, you can yet keep that scripture. Then we have the word of knowledge that also operates closely to prophecy. Most people confuse the word of knowledge to that of prophecy, but it's not prophecy. Now, what is the word of knowledge? The word of knowledge is, is uh, spiritual insight. Spirit, is spiritual insight and access in past and present event with view to providing solution. The purpose of the world of knowledge, primarily aside from applying information, is to build the faith of the recipient. I see a job. That God is going to bless you with a job. And what I'm seeing, I'm seeing so, so, so salary. I'm seeing an office. God has taken me to the office that he will put you in. And I'm seeing and describe the office and everything to you. And she's believing God for a job. Probably she has applied, but she doesn't have any idea whether they will call her or not. But now there God is confirming that that application that you have put in, God has given you the job. And this is how the job is going to be. And this is the office that God is going to place you in. It's the world of knowledge. I'm not prophesying to her. I'm telling her what God is going to do for her. Events. Giving her even of what, she's going, what is going to happen in her life. Amen. Are we together? Huh? <laughs> Second Kings chapter 7. The Bible says, and there was famine in the land. And the prophet Elijah came one day and said to the people of that city, he said, but tomorrow this time, but tomorrow this time, despite the economic situation, despite the inflation of prices in the land, but tomorrow this time, prices will drop for a bag of rice that maybe was sold for, 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 for 50, 50 crowns. It's going to be sold by, for five crowns. But tomorrow this time, in 24 hours, rice prices will drop to 20, from 20 or maybe 50 crowns to five crowns. And some, somebody's like, what? How can I be? Looking, that, looking at the economic crisis that we are going through right now, Looking at how they, I mean, the inflection of prices in the land. How can you now come and say tomorrow this time God is going to drop prices to this level? The word of wisdom. I mean, the word of knowledge, sorry. Give me insight on even that will happen tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Church, you are too quiet. <laughs> Are we together? Yeah. Are we together? Yes. You remember John chapter 4, verse 5 to 9, the, the, when Jesus met that Samaritan woman at the where? I was the world of knowledge in action. And Jesus went to her and said, Woman, give me water to drink. And she said, You know that we the Samaritan, 
We don't have anything to do with people of the Jews. How can I give you water? Jesus Christ said, if you know who you are talking to, you give me water because I'm more than this water. I'm the water, I'm the water of life. And Jesus asked her a question. Where is your husband? And she said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you have spoken where? Even the one you are with now. How did he know? Word of knowledge. Even the one you are with now is not your husband. The sixth one you are with now. He even measured the number that she has now. The sixth one you are with now is not your husband. And she said, how did you know? I perceive in my spirit you are a prophet. You are the Messiah we have been waiting for. The word of knowledge. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Church, are we together? Yeah. <laughs> are we together? John chapter 1, verse 45. You remember Nathaniel? Uh, 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 the Bible says, when Philip went and met Nathaniel under the tree, and he said, Ah, the Messiah we have been waiting for has come from Nazareth. And Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Naz- Nazareth? And the Bible says, When Jesus was on his way, and Philip and Nathaniel was coming here, man. And Jesus said to them, ah, Nathaniel, 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 the unbeliever <laughs> who doesn't even believe that anything good can come out of, I'm paraphrasing it, who doesn't even believe anything good can come out of Nazareth. And Nathaniel said, how did you know that I said something like that? He said, Nathaniel, I saw you when you were under the tree. I was not there, but I saw you. The word of knowledge is telling you that I have seen you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. The discerning of spirit. Is that the third one, right? Amen. The discerning of spirit. It is the gift that it is the gift of perception. Do not joke with this gift. The ability to perceive spiritual impulses. The ability to know the origin, the source. And the motive behind every manifestation. By the special grace of God, I've, I've had the privilege to operate in this, this gift back home in our church. And people will come to me and, and say, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm going through a lot in my life. And I will say, say no more. Your problem is from here. This is the root of your problem. Let's pray about it. You see, the church needs to come to the place where when, and discerning is not just because people have a problem. It's also like some of you are business people. Some of you are career people. Some of you want to enter into a contract with somebody. And you need to ask God to give you that gift because there's somebody could come, maybe a crook, a foster can come to you and want to enter into the contract to, to cause a problem for you. But when you have a discerning spirit, you can get to know whether this person is real or they are fake. And remember the Bible says, in the last day there shall be what? many false prophets and teachers. You need discerning spirit to be able to discern whether the person that is teaching the word of God is real or fake. Amen. In this season of our life, you even need discerning spirit to be able to discern your friends that you have around you. It's just that you white people are very honest. <laughs> Some of you are honest. Welcome to Africa. When you want to see deceit, then you understand. 
Because the Bible says, they will show you the white teeth, but their heart is black against you. Amen. I'm not saying Africa is bad, though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 19, the Bible says, Paul, Paul and Barnabas went to preach into a city, and there was a, 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 a girl who had, who had a spirit of divination. And when she saw them, she said, These men are a true servant of God. She, she knew who they were. She knew who they were. And she was not lying. She knew that they were true servants of God, men of power. She knew them. She designed them. But the truth is that if you don't have a discerning spirit like Paul to know that she was speaking from another realm of the spirit, not the realm of the Holy Ghost, you will join yourself with her. You even ask her to pray for you. And she did it the first time, the second time, and then Paul had to check his spirit. And then he realized she was operating from a different realm. And Paul rebuked her. So there's not everybody that come to pray for you. <laughs> it's praying from the realm of the Holy Ghost. Some people are praying for another realm. Let me remind you, there are two realms in this kingdom. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. And unfortunately for us, the two realms operate in these gifts as well. So that's why we need the sunny spirit to be able to understand which power they are operating from. You understand? You need to be able to discern which power they are operating from. Whether if there's the power of God or the power of the devil. Let us not be deceived. The devil has power. I'm not exalting the devil in this place, but he has power. <laughs> he has power. If the devil never had power, witches and wizards will now operate now. Amen? Amen. It was true that the deciding spirit that in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 25, that Solomon was able to discern, to notice that when two prostitutes were lying on the bed, and because of space, the two of them lied together, and they lied on the child, and one of them child died. When it came to the king to, to, to determine whose child was the right child, because the Bible said when she woke up in the morning, she saw that her child was already dead. So she switched the child. She took the other woman's child for her child and gave the woman her dead child. And the woman woke up and said, this is not my child. She said, no, that's your child. And there was confusion. Let's get to the king. And then when it came to the king, it was by designment. The king was able to determine who was the right mother of the child. Designing spirit. Sunny spirit. My prayer this morning that Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Your amen is too weak. Amen. Oh, just say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's talk about the four form. Diverse kinds of tongue. And today we have a lot of confusion in the church when it comes to the the speaking of tongue. Let me clarify that this morning for us. Most people say, oh, every time you speak tongue in church, you must interpret it. No, not all the time. Not all the time. Not all the time. Let me, let me help us this morning on that. 
Hallelujah. When the Bible speaks about different kinds of tongue, it means, one, we have what we call tongue for personal edification. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Personal edification, to edify yourself. So in your personal prayer time, you can speak tongue. You can speak to him in your personal prayer time. It's a heavenly gift. Ah, I love speaking in tongues because it takes you to a realm. It takes you to a realm that you, you can never imagine you want to be. And then it gets the, the devil confused because he doesn't understand that. that and that, oh, glory be to God. I love Jesus. This is one of the things that God has given us that the devil has not captured from heaven. He missed that. He missed that. So every time, listen, do you know, I don't know if anybody has been in that position where, where you are praying concerning something and you hear a voice in your heart telling you, say, forget it. That prayer will never be answered. Just give you a negative thought while you are praying and then you keep quiet from praying. Have you ever been in that position? While you are praying for something and something negative comes to you and say, this thing is not going to work. Let me just forget it. And you stop praying. The devil speaks to you. But then when you get to that point and that, that devil begins to speak or whisper that voice into your hearing, you change from speaking in prayer of understanding to tongue. When you start blasting in tongue, he gives way. He's, ah, he gets confused. What is he saying now? Balabushatalaba. <laughs> So we, we have the prayer of uh, 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 tongues for personal edification. Then we also have the tongue that is a sound to unbeliever. Acts chapter 2, verse 4 to 6 and 6 to 12. The Bible says, on the day of Pentecost, when the apostles received the Holy Ghost, they, were, they all begin to speak in different kinds of tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the people in the city was like, who are these people? They even call them the unlender people. Why are they speaking a language that we understand? So you see, the tongue that we speak, huh? there are times like uh, Ken Hagen, he went to China one time to preach and then there was no interpreter. And the Holy Ghost said, just go ahead and begin to talk. He, was, he said he was speaking, teaching, but the people were hearing the teaching in Chinese. Can't you see how wonderful God is? He was teaching. He went ahead teaching, but the Holy Ghost was interpreting what he was teaching in Chinese to them. That's how God operates. So there are tongues. Uh, 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 Bishop Doug Howard Mercer, he was he went somewhere and he was speaking in tongues in the Philippines. He was speaking in tongues. And a lady came to him and said, oh, Bishop, I didn't know that you can speak our language. He said, ah, I, I, I cannot speak it. He was like, ah, I, don't, I cannot speak the language. What does she mean? But, but he, then he realized it was the tongue he was speaking. God was interpreting to that woman in her language. That's the beauty of speaking in tongue. Amen? A sound to unbeliever. Then we also have the tongue as ministry gift. 
for edification for the body of Christ. Now, this is where the interpretation comes in. If I decide now in this place to begin to speak in tongues in the congregation, I must be able to interpret what the Lord is saying through me to you. So if God wants me to, 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 to edify or, or build the faith of the church, the moment I begin to speak, Thus says the law that I'm about to bless the church. I'm about to change the story of the church. I thought somebody would say amen. I just spoke into and I'm interpreting it to you and you are, you are silent. It's a prophecy. It's strange, right? So how can you speak into and interpret that thing? What are you saying? Yes. Are we together? So when God, the Spirit of God comes upon me, when I begin to speak in the heavenly language, I must be able to interpret it, to edify, to build the faith of the church, the body. Pray that the Lord will help us. So you see, there are three kinds of tongues I just talked about now. So it's not every time you see somebody speaking tongue, they need to interpret it. No. If it is not a ministry tongue, it doesn't need to interpret it. So we can be praying generally like uh, 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 pre-service prayer. Huh? When we're doing pre-service, I, ha- I have the right to speak in tongue. Because I'm not talking to anybody, I'm praying. I'm praying, edifying my spirit, building up my spirit. In Jude 20, he said, pray in your most holy faith, speaking in tongues. You see, you pray in tongues, you pray, you pray, you pray, you pray. That sometimes, you know, the reason why it's good for you to be able to desire that gift of speaking in tongues, because there are times sometimes you need them, you don't have anything to say to God. I don't know if you have ever been in that position. You're just there, you don't even know, you don't know where to start your prayer from. You are just there. Maybe you went to God in confusion concerning a situation in your home and you want to pray, but you don't know where to start from. A scripture cannot even come to your head. Then you enter into your heavenly language. You start slowly. Josh, I'm telling you, before you know it, you see the atmosphere around you begin to change. That spirit of heaven that begins to leave you. Begin to leave you. He leaves you. And then the next thing you know, you are in the heavenly realm. Then you can speak. The Bible says, then you have entered into the holies of holies where anything can happen. This is a place you can come down and tell God wherever you want to tell God. Because you are in God's presence now. You are face to face with your father. Oh my God. <laughs> you are face to face with your heavenly father. And that place... That's when you can make, look, you see, we can limit God. Oh. These days, the thing I'm asking God for is too heavy. Sometimes even when I'm praying, I can be scared. But then I, I can tell you, you are bigger than this. You are bigger than this. <laughs> can I tell you one of my prayer points? I told God, from now before next year end, I need 10 million in my account. How can a man who is not working be asking for something like that? Does it matter? No. But my God will supply all your needs according to his riches. If he's a rich God, then I cannot live a poor life. If 
in fact, it is an error for me to live a poor life if I'm serving a rich God. The gold is man, the silver of man. The earth is the Lord, and the fullness thereof. If everything on this earth belongs to my father, how can the son of a king live like a common man in the city? Church, are we together? Is this thing correct? Oh, yeah. I have four minutes. Good. Hallelujah. Can we stop here today? Or let me just stop with the interpretation, then we close. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I can't finish. Oh. Then we have the interpretation of tongue. It is the ability to translate divine utterance into earthly, recognizable language for the purpose of conception and edification. The ability to translate divine utterance. Like I was saying, the interpretation. They want, when, so in this place now, I, I could be speaking in tongues, and God can touch the heart of my brother here to interpret it. Are you with me? So I can go, Libros, Kama, Hando, Robo, Shake it today, and Derek can wake up and say, Thus yes, the Lord. He interprets what I'm saying. The ability to translate divine utterance. I hope you understand what the, the gift of the Spirit is. So you can't be deceived. Hallelujah. Let's rise up to our feet. Let's pray this morning. Jesus says something in John chapter 7, verse 37. He said, If any man test, let him come and drink shall flow rivers of living water. Just let me say this this morning. No, the gift of the Spirit is not something that a pastor can force on you. It's something that you must desire. So Jesus in John 7, 37, he was talking about desire. If you are testing, that means if you, are, if you desire the gift, he said, come. In one of the scriptures, he said, if ye be human or he be evil. Know ye how to give good gift to your son. What more if you ask your father in heaven who is able to give you the Holy Spirit? So it is a desire. It's not something you can force on you. I can't come and say, you know, you must receive the Holy Ghost. No, 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 no. no. It doesn't work that way. It's something you desire. You go, you go to God. I, I remember back in 2000 when, when I was ministered to with the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost in a church. I did not receive the Holy Ghost baptism. Because I desired the Holy Ghost baptism so much, I went home and I got a book. By, it was written by Francis and, and, and Francis Hunter. Francis Hunter. They call it the two-sided coins. I was reading that book, Pastor Angela. I was reading that book. Fasting, Lord, I desire. Because I saw all the, I was in a youth group and everybody was there speaking into, ah, how is this guy doing this thing? I need it. I need, I need this gift. While I was reading that book one night in my room, something strange happened to me. I just saw my... When I opened my eyes, I was on the table. When I opened my eyes, I was at the door, lying down. I don't know how I got there, but I was blasting in tongue. So, when you desire him, he comes. The Bible says, seek me early and you will find me. Draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. I don't know who wants to draw nigh unto God this morning. I don't know who wants to desire that gift of the Holy Ghost. 
It is for your own profiting. It is for the profiting of the body of Christ. Not for me, not for Pastor Brandon. It's for you. It's for you to be able to connect with your Father in heaven without the devil even getting to know what you're saying. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord. We bless your name. Lord, as many as are thinking now, oh God, I desire this gift. We ask for divine visitation. Whether in their homes, their bedroom, their car, wherever they are, and thinking about having this gift being manifested in their lives. Oh God, Spirit of the living God, visit them. Touch them. Flow through them. Walk with them. Let your invisible hands come upon them. To your glory, Lord. To your praise. Jesus, we thank you. We honor you. Thank you, Father. There is nothing impossible, Lord, that you cannot do. There is nothing impossible that you cannot do. I strongly believe in my heart, Lord. But next week, this time, as we return, somebody is returning with a testimony. A testimony that the Holy Spirit has visited me. A testimony that the Holy Spirit has touched me. Make yourself known to us, Lord. We need more and more of you. More and more of you. To the glory of your holy name. Thank you, Jehovah. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah.